Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Crosspoint, we have something really special happening. And if you're new to Crosspoint, maybe you're new to this, but at Crosspoint, we welcome our speakers with a loud and uh, long, super loud, did I say loud? Welcome to our speaker. So can we make a big Crosspoint welcome for our speaker today, George Prince? You're embarrassing me. (laughs) Well, good morning, anyways. Um, Sometimes you get a a verse that that pops into your head. And uh, that happened to me as I was preparing this message. And I was thinking about um, the... uh, Psalm 72 that we'd be using today. And in my head, all of a sudden, from 1 Peter, it's uh, the word of the Lord endures forever. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of this and I'm thinking, this this psalm, it's almost 3,000 years old. That's a pretty good start on enduring forever. And... um, so when you look at that and you think, you know, so here, here's the Bible. It's sort of self-authenticating is what it is. And it endures and endures. and still the number one bestseller. Um, anyways, I was sort of taken by, uh, uh, by that. So with that, I want to turn, get you to turn to Psalm 72. should be on the screen behind us. And uh, your Bible, your swipey device, whatever it is, we're going to read it. It's a little bit of a lengthy psalm, but... Uh, It's got a lot of good stuff in it. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. May he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. May he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. 
May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. May grain, may grain abound throughout the land on the tops of the hills. May it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive and thrive like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Let's pray for a minute. Father in heaven, Lord, we've just heard from you. And so, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to be in and amongst us this, this morning. Stir our hearts, Lord. Stir our, our ears. Open our hearts that we might receive, Lord, what your Spirit has got to say. And so, Lord, open my mouth. And, Lord, uh, when we're done, let, let us be able to say it was good to have been in the house of the Lord. And so, Lord, bless our time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is, it is impossible to find any king of Israel whose reign this, this poem or this prayer describes. It describes a king as yet unborn who was to rule, who was to rule in righteousness, in justice, in peace, in equity, and in power. Consider some of the, uh, the verses on this. I had them highlighted there. Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. The psalm is messianic. The psalm is describing the King of kings and the Lord of lords in whom, in whom every nation finds its being. And this king's name? Jesus. During his, during his daily Bible reading, Sir Samuel Leonard Tilly of New Brunswick, he was one of the founding members of, of Confederation. He came across Psalm 72 verse 8 as well. And it says, and he shall have dominion also from sea to sea. That's from the King James Version. He suggested the name for the country, the Dominion of Canada. Our founding fathers, they agreed, and the Dominion of Canada it would be. And so you find, written in Latin, and I'm not a Latin scholar, but I'll take their word for it. On Canada's coat of arms, it says, a mariusk ad mare which translates to from sea to sea, from Psalm 72, verse 8. Next time you pull out your passport, have a look at it. 
on Canada's coat of arms. You'll see it right there. Psalm 72, it figured prominently as well in the construction of the Peace Tower in Ottawa as well. After the original Victoria Tower, along with most of the Parliament buildings, burned down in 1916, it was the architect John Pearson, he was commissioned to design and construct the Peace Tower that now dominates the Parliament Hill landscape. The Peace Tower was to function as a memorial for the men and women who gave their lives in World War I. It was completed in 1925, and Pearson, he incorporated many passages of scripture on both the inside and the outside of the building. Engraved in stone from Psalm 72, verse 8, over the outside of the east window of the Peace Tower is Canada's model. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. Should be up on the screen there, is it? Yeah, you can, I'm not sure if you can read it, but it's, it's there, it's in stone. Then you have Psalm 72, verse 1. It's engraved over the south window. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. And when you go to the west, when you go to the west window of the Peace Tower, you find Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. The Peace Tower was originally intended to have the names of the 66,000 men and women who died in World War I engraved on the walls, but there was just too many names and not enough wall. Instead, it was, it was decided that a glass display case atop a stone altar would be constructed with a book inside containing the names of the 66,000. The book would be named the Book of Remembrance. Every day at 11 o'clock, a page is turned in the book so that all the names would be displayed at least once per year. Probably one of the most moving displays in the entire Peace Tower. The brass ribboning work on the outside of the case has incorporated into it Ephesians 6, verse 13. It's, uh, you can't read it, but in that brass uh, ribboning work there is, is Ephesians 6, verse 13, that says this. It says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. It is the taking up of arms, the taking up of armor that is regarded as a call to arms to defend and protect God's creation from evil. I realize that, that we typically interpret this passage from, from a spiritual perspective, but it is the role of the state to administer justice in all areas of society and to execute justice according to the perfect law of God. Yet on another plaque, and it's etched in both English and French, the words of Psalm 139, verses 8 to 10. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Why is this scripture there? Ezra Levant said of this plaque, it is the psalmist's recognition 
of God's omnipresence and omniscience. He is both everywhere and all-knowing. He knows the deep thoughts of man, the dark sins of the nation, and is present in both private and public legislatures. The largest of the 53 carillon bells in the Peace Tower was inscribed in 1926 at the request of a Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King with the scripture verse found in Luke 2 verse 14 announcing, announcing the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. The irony, of the, the irony of this is that the true meaning of Christmas is chimed out every hour of every day to a country that increasingly seeks to dilute the angelic message of the Messiah's birth. Time fails me to speak of the other scriptures incorporated into the stained glass windows or other plaques. But is there any doubt that Canada was built upon a rich Christian heritage? From 1879 to, 1970 to 1983, the July 1st holiday was called Dominion Day. Recognizing from Psalm 72, verse 8, the dominion of Christ. In 1982, prior to the fall recess, there was only 13 members of Parliament present, and a private member's bill was introduced to amend the Holidays Act to change the name Dominion Day to Canada Day. In five minutes, the deed was done. First, second, third reading. Maybe, maybe at this point, you might be feeling somewhat deflated at the erosion of our Christian heritage. I suppose it would be easy to rail against those that chipped away at this throughout the years, those that seek to erode it further by, by weaving ideology into the, the moral and social fabric of our society that, that runs counter to our Christian heritage. Maybe, maybe at this point, you might be expecting me to pull out a quote-unquote list of the ungodly acts our country is engaged in. You probably have your own list. And I'm not suggesting that as Christians we don't speak out, that we don't engage in speaking God's word into the public realm. But if words alone could change the heart of a nation, I suspect that it would have been done a long, long time ago. Canada needs a change of heart. And that can only be brought about by a new kingdom, not of this world. Fixing the external problems, the behaviors, it's of value, but it is the heart that the heavenly kingdom targets. You've got to ask yourself this. How then does this heavenly kingdom come to this earth? There's a hymn I used to sing, we used to sing a long time ago, and it was based on Psalm 72. And its refrain went like this. Christ shall have dominion over land and sea, earth's remotest regions, Shall its empire be? 
And I was thinking about yet another hymn. It was called Lead On, O King Eternal. And in particular, it was the second verse, it was the second verse of this hymn, the last part that helped me focus on, on how to live in a country where you find yourself as a Christian in the minority. It went like this. Lead on, O King Eternal, till sin's fierce war shall cease and holiness shall whisper the sweet amen of peace. For it is not with swords loud clashing or roll of stirring drums, but this part, with deeds of love and mercy. That's how the heavenly kingdom comes. Jesus said in John 13, verse 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. How is it that you become a person known for deeds of love and mercy, known for loving one another? I think it starts with personalizing the refrain of Christ shall have dominion to the following. Christ shall have dominion over land and sea. My heart's remotest regions shall his empire be. The heavenly kingdom needs to come to your heart first. Having the heavenly kingdom come in its fullness to your heart requires that you yield up the remotest regions to his empire. His lordship, it might be easy for your mind to understand, my mind to understand, but it can be difficult to penetrate the heart. Tim Keller, he said this. He said, coming to Christ requires that you come with nothing. And few people have the capacity to do so. Let me say that again. Coming to Christ requires that you come with nothing. And few people have the capacity to do so. One of the regions of the human heart that, yield, that must yield to the heavenly kingdom is self-reliance. The self-reliant human heart says, you get nothing for nothing. Everything I have, I earned. My goodness must count for something. Yet this is the scandal of the gospel, that we must recognize that we are without hope, that we are subject to his grace, that there is nothing we can do to earn his favor, only accept it. Where other religions have a list of requirements, Christianity is unique in that all is done. All was done by Jesus Christ. For the heavenly kingdom, for the heavenly kingdom to come into your life requires that you look into the mirror of the Sermon on the Mount and you say honestly before him, I can't do this. I can't do this. That's the recognition that you need a Savior, that you're lost without Him. Only the Holy Spirit can work in your heart to bring about this conviction. But the conviction, the conviction is the most wonderful event you will ever experience. When you're convicted, you're greeted with His approval. And in Keller's words once again, you receive the praise of the praiseworthy. 
King Jesus, worthy of all praise we could ever lavish on him. He comes with his heavenly kingdom to take up residence in your life. And he does what? He places his royal robes on you. To the extent, to the extent that you realize the depth of his love for you and the price that he paid for you will be the extent to which every stitch of pride, of ego, of covetousness, of envy, of jealousy, of idolatry, subject to him. These are the sins of the heart, the remotest regions of our heart. And as you gaze in his kingly presence, your heart, it will receive the good gifts of the Father, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, his heavenly kingdom coming in you. Once you recognize your infinite worth, the approval of humanity is secondary to that of the approval of the true king, Jesus his death is your death. His burial is your burial. His resurrection is your resurrection. His ascension is your ascension. His life eternal is your life eternal. This is baptism, your life in his. Nothing can separate you from this. Your citizenship in his kingdom, it is secure. Knowing that you have the praise of the praiseworthy will fill your deeds, will fill your life with deeds of love and mercy. It will cause you to yield up the remotest regions of your heart to come under the lordship of King Jesus. When you come to realize that his accomplishments are your accomplishments, then you'll want to become like him. And what did he do? What did his deeds of love and mercy look like? A woman caught in adultery, being publicly humiliated. He sat within the dust. He came to her level and he extended grace. He sided with her. A despised tax collector named Zacchaeus, he went and he ate with. 5,000 plus he fed on a hillside. A centurion slave, an enemy of the Jews, he healed. His friend Lazarus, he raised from the dead. A paralytic sins he forgave and healed his limbs. An ostracized woman at a well he sat with and revealed the heavenly kingdom to, namely himself. A woman of faith in him was healed of a flow of blood by touching his garment. He changed the heart of a man named Paul who persecuted his followers and made him the greatest missionary agent for the gospel. His enemies he prayed for while dying on a cruel cross. And through the greatest act of love, his death, we were born to eternal life. Read the Gospels for more. To learn what further acts of love and mercy he performed. Then go. And go and give the proverbial cup of cold water in his name. And all of its forms. That you might be like him. Freely he gave. Freely you received. Give unconditionally as he did. How is he bringing about his heavenly kingdom today? It is through his citizens, through deeds of love and mercy, through his hands and his feet, namely you, that his heavenly kingdom, is, that his heavenly kingdom comes. 
Jeremiah, a long, long time ago, he prophesied about you and me. He said this in Jeremiah 31, verse 33. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Jesus, via the Holy Spirit, he took the scriptures from above the Peace Tower stained glass windows. He took the scripture on the Peace Tower plaques. He took the scripture on the brass ribbon work of the Book of Remembrance. He took the Sermon on the Mount. He took John 3, verse 16, his promise of salvation. And you know what he did with it? He wrote it on your hearts is what he did. He said this, he says, My people will have the vision of, Psalm, of Proverbs 29, verse 18, that all should come to repentance and know me. My people will be filled with my presence from Psalm 139. My people will share with me in the desire of Psalm 72, verse 8. When he's, that, and you recognize that he cares deeply about the furthest of the regions of the world, and so will you. Maybe, maybe you're viewing the moral and the political landscape of Canada at the moment, and it's causing you to despair. But I want you to remember this. In A.D. 25, no one knew what a Christian was. Shortly after the turn of the first century, the ruling class of the Roman Empire, they were asking this. What shall we do about the Christians? Listen to this. Pliny, the governor of Bithynia, He's writing to Trajan, the emperor, about the Christians. He says this. He says, the Christians, they asserted, however, that the sum and substance of their fault or error had been that they were accustomed to meet on a fixed day before dawn and sing responsively a hymn, of, a hymn to Christ as to God and to bind themselves by oath not to commit some crime but not to, to commit fraud theft or adultery, not falsify their trust, nor to refuse to return a trust when called upon to do so. When this was over, it was their custom to depart and to assemble again to partake of food, but ordinary and innocent food. It was not, it was not through swords loud clashing or the stir of rolling drum but it was through deeds of love and mercy and repentance that the heavenly kingdom that the heavenly kingdom was advancing these people who kept their word who shared their bread who did it in the name of Jesus pliny he had executed don't expect to be welcomed with open arms by the world for your deeds of love and mercy in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, verse 18, if the, if, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. That's why it's so important for you to focus on whose approval you have, that of King Jesus or of the world. You can't serve two masters. 
you can become an agent for the advancement of the heavenly kingdom in Canada by becoming a living tower of peace through the means of grace afforded every human being. Canada doesn't need more peace towers of immovable stone with lovely scripture passages inscribed on them. Words alone won't change the heart. Canada needs living towers of peace whose hearts have been written on by the Prince of Peace with this message. The hostility between God and humanity has come to an end. Peace is what every human heart longs for and can only be found at the foot of the cross when Jesus cried, it is finished. God is now at peace with humanity through Jesus. Only that peace which the Prince of Peace has written on your heart will last. Be a dispenser of this peace through deeds of love and mercy and watch Watch the heavenly kingdom come in this great land of ours, Canada. Join with me now in reciting the prayer that our Lord taught us. It should be on the screen behind us, the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.